Let's do it. your favorite show of crappiness that's right i said crappiness right here on short bus <laughs> cinema uh if you don't uh regularly listen to the show shame on you but if you do you know who i am i'm one of your hosts mr rick morgan and with me my co-host the guy is actually i think i'm gonna let him drive this bus a bitch a, a bitch <laughs> i'm gonna drive his bus a bitch uh johnny krug what's up man <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man? Uh, that's a, that was awesome. That was a good flub. Yeah, um, yeah this, <laughs> I meant to this... do that. <laughs> <laughs> Today, man, uh, the bus is is. I feel like the bus is shorter, but but we're we're we have double the stops to make. You say crappiness, and all I can think is crappiness is a warm bum, warm <laughs> bun. I don't know. It was a play on the the the, the Beatles George Harrison thing. Uh, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to relate it to the movie and like a warm bun going to see a nurse. I don't know. <laughs> Today we're talking about Death Nurse 1 and 2. And uh, we have with us a guest. His name is Levi. And he recommended these movies. And uh, I had seen Criminally Insane. I had no idea that this was another thing the director had done. So, Levi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know about why you chose these movies. <laughs> Hi everybody. I'm I'm glad to be on the bus. Can I take my helmet off now? <laughs> yeah. It's not recommended. <laughs> oh, okay. He used to come to a screeching halt want to kick me off for picking these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I used to be on the Terror Troop podcast with Bob Bo- Boss Butcher back in the day. He was uh he's kind enough to bring me on and I used to hang out with some podcasters then and been friends with Johnny for years and and started listening to Short Bus and, and fell in love with it. So I, just, I had to recommend you guys try these these two out. I don't know if it was the right <laughs> ones to start out with, but <laughs> it's not like I was trying to punish you two or anything. You've been uh, doing me a huge favor putting out a show. <laughs> oh, these are definitely these are definitely bus movies. I mean, I don't think you could cover one of these movies without covering the other, since the first one just kind of ends. <laughs> I mean, and and I'm sure you guys might have a little bit of background on this once we get into it, but I I don't know what the hell is going on with this movie at any point. <laughs> so. I have some theories. That's about it. <laughs> I like things when they're left unsolved. It's like those movies where the director's like, you know, I uh, I really left the ending ambiguous because I wanted it to create discussion. I feel that's exactly what Nick Millard was doing when he made this movie. <laughs> I'm going to give him a lot of credit. <laughs> I really want people to discuss this. Like, what was really going on? Yeah. Did Ron Jeremy really exist? <laughs> Gordon did look like Ron Jeremy, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, a little you think, bit. You think he'd be happier, though? Let's not give too much of the magic away just yet. <laughs> you can tell we're chomping at the bit to, to get into this one. because I, I don't know if it's because last week's movie 
was so bad that this one we actually feel like we have some fun with? I don't know. I mean, uh, Neil about killed us last time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, killer totem pole movie. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, Winter Beast. Winter Beast, which didn't have winter or a beast. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about that. We got Levi (laughs) on the bus. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about some Death Nurse 1 and 2. Be back in a minute, folks. Get out of the way! This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. for our feature presentation. And we're back with Death Nurse from 1987. The IMDb score for this movie is a five, which, oh my God. What? <laughs> a five. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know, that's where, you know, you're running into trouble because when I was looking these up and I was writing the notes all together for both movies, I saw that this was a five and that part two was a 2.9. I'm like, whoa, that is a quality drop off. That's <laughs> if people thought this was a five, man, I was just really like I was scared to get into the uh, the sequel because I'm like, I don't think I could take too much of a quality dive and still uh, <laughs> and still actually be a movie. Well, but, I wonder if maybe, uh, you know, the first one's kind of fun and then you get into the second one and after like 15 minutes of dream sequences it starts to test your patience like it did with me (laughs) oh yeah we'll definitely talk about that (laughs) well i will tell you this 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 director um actually what did i say his name was it was nick uh nick millard it looks like based on his filmography that uh he started off in porn man look at a lot of it and then eventually yeah, and then eventually just kind of like transitioned into, uh, well, I mean... Transition. Yeah, there was not really much of a transition. Um, there's probably more scripting in his adult movies. But <laughs> he did uh, like Permanently Insane and 357 Magnum, Gun Blast, uh, Cemetery Sisters. He, a lot of movies that you think you know, and then you look at them and you're like, oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> just because they have such generic, you know, like names. <laughs> like Shotgun Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this movie stars. Oh, and this is great too, guys. By the way, this is the first movie I've ever looked up on IMDb where you go to the cast section, and <laughs> yep. there are no thumbnails or names. No. You, have to, you have to click on all all casting crew yeah. to go and actually see the cast. Um, I've never seen I've never seen a cast buried in an IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 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 I don't know if that's intentional. Like, somebody was like, all right, well, I'm not paying extra to have the cast listed, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> this right. movie, uh, it stars Priscilla Alden, 
who plays uh, Edith Morley, the RN. And I'm glad that they they distinguished that she wasn't an LPN; she was an RN. <laughs> you know, because that that is going to come into play at no point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also stars Albert Eskenazi, which is a really unfortunate name. Wow. Uh, just gonna say, if Nazis in your name, you might think about <laughs> illegal yeah. name change. It's not pronounced <laughs> like that, guys. Uh, it stars Royal Pharos, which doesn't sound real at all. Ermgard Millard. <clears throat> actually, actually, uh, it looks like most of the other cast people are Millards, Millards, or whatever, so they're related to the director. Uh, well, yeah, Brownie, Louise, and Faith are all uh, his family, so. <laughs> uh, let me give you a brief synopsis of this and uh, this is what it looks like somebody named mike justice psycho mike wrote on imdb since nobody else put a plot in here murderous overweight nurse edith and her brother run a medical clinic out of their suburban home they take in patients kill them and continue to build a state for their care <laughs> it's like i feel like there's a police procedural too that they wanted to do <laughs> Did you file the claim with the state? <laughs> Never has a movie ever shown so much like data entry. Oh yeah, man. so much IP. Yeah. yeah, God, her and that dang machine, man, just keep punching the buttons, man. It's like, oh, oh yeah, we'll definitely. I always talk about the editing in just about any of these films, and I've got some uh, some audio examples that will show you how editing is in this movie. I guess I can go ahead and blow the cover. I really visualize the director who's got, he's sitting there with two VCRs. <laughs> he's got the tape in this one, and he's got the one he's recording on in this one, and he records a snippet, pauses it, pops that tape out, grabs the other tape, pops it in. That's the next scene. Because there's these gaps in the audio that mm -hmm. definitely prove my point. This sounds go like way too much work for a movie of this caliber. Yeah, I mean, this is totally a labor of love. It's got to be, because I've never seen anybody take 15 minutes of film and make it an hour. I'd rather watch Flavor of Love. Oh, you said Labor of Love. <laughs> Flavor of Love. <laughs> Flavor of Love. <laughs> that would be one upgraded movie. I, I do have, uh, I would say, extensive notes, but I've got some pretty good notes here. I don't know if you want me to, like, kick us off, or Johnny, you want to kick us yeah. off, or Levi, you want to kick us off? Uh, I mean, it's up to you. I was just—I mean, I just was gonna jump into it when you did. Okay. Well, starting it's, off, it was with the surgery. It starts off with the <laughs> surgery, and at this point, you discover that the, that uh, death nurse is meatloaf, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she's wiping off sweat off of uh, off of uh, Gomez Adams like a bat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> And I just love the fact that he's got the full gear on. He's got the the you know the the cap. He's got the mask. He's got the gloves, and she's not wearing anything you know safety wise for surgery. But she's just dabbing the sweat off his head. And you know, come on, man, it's just, you can tell this is just shot in somebody's living room. Yeah, he's just doing <laughs> surgical procedures in his house. Yeah, yeah, we're we're off to a bang already. And uh, the doctor says scalpel, and she hands him a kitchen knife. Yeah, and it's like one of those Outback knives with the wood handle. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they, you know, Gomez Adams stabs this guy like 20 times. And then he says, he's gone. It was a difficult surgery. So we already know we're not working with a full deck here, right? 
Oh, and they left four knives sticking out yeah. of his stomach. Yeah, you pull back, and, <laughs> and you can tell it's just like stuck in a piece of cardboard because it's like maybe a half inch of the tip is stuck down in something, and the rest of the knife is standing up. And these are like, these are foot-long knives. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's, it's cool because it's like a bouquet of knives in it coming out of the stomach. <laughs> I was like, the surgery was it on was was unsuccessful. Yeah, well, <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> then it just cuts to Gomez Adams going outside and digging a grave, and it's the most boring four minutes <laughs> of him just digging a grave. Oh. Dude, there were there were many many times in both of these films where I thought that it's, it's like you don't need to see how the sausage is made. You just <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You get a whole scene of somebody walking to a mailbox and then going back to the house and like looking at their watch and it's like, come on! <laughs> Seriously, you don't I, film this. It goes on forever. <laughs> the dude just out there digging and it's, you know, it's not like he's really making progress either. He, you know, four minutes later he's still flipping over the the the, the pieces of sod off the top layer. You know, <laughs> but hey guys, you know you know what's really good after after digging a grave. Ice cream. Straight from the carton. <laughs> Straight from the box, man. He just pops over hey, the thing of chocolate ice cream. That was one of the things in the movie that like was most shocking was I forgot about those uh those boxes of ice cream like that. <laughs> things were a nightmare. I used to get those like ice cream everywhere trying to deal with those flaps. And how about his his method? I mean, here's here's a guy that's supposed to be a even if he's insane, he's supposed to be a surgeon. But he scoops one scoop of ice cream, throws it in a bowl. Then gets another scoop and eats that scoop. It's like one for you, one for me, one for you. You're making your own bowl, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, he gets his bowl of ice cream and goes in the room where Meatloaf is just typing away. You heard us say all ago, man. Meatloaf is just a typing machine in this movie. They should have just called it Typing Nurse. Oh, dude. There's a lot more typing than death. And re- <laughs> I've got an example here of the way the dialogue works in this movie. This is just a quick little bite, but it kind of shows you just that gap in the awkwardness of silence between talking. And it's all because of the VCR editing, like I was talking about. And I love the fact of the difference in the volume of them talking. And then every time Meatloaf talks, it's like she's got a... 3,000 BTU air conditioner right behind her head all the time. (laughs) (laughs) She probably does, dude. (laughs) So it sounds kind of like this. I put him on the hill. Be sure to build a state for the more expensive plot. All right. (laughs) What about my surgical fee? I build Medicare for twenty-seven fifty. You what? Twenty-seven fifty? It's every time she talks, it's like she's a robot because you hear the in the background. Hear somebody hand cranking an air conditioner to keep her cool. I love this because there's so much dialogue in this movie about just like. Did you did you end up building them for more? <laughs> it's like uh, this is why is this in the movie? Isn't and then it, we'll get to understanding that they're pulling a scam on anybody, right? Well, and that's the thing too is it's like I'm sorry, but we'll probably talk about it later. But anybody that is scammed by these people running a hospital, a surgical center out of their house. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, man. Like you deserve to be scammed. Called shady. Well, I wonder how long they were actually even doing this. 
I mean, Shady Palms Clinic. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was like steal your money acres. acres. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's a really good example of just kind of how the dialogue is throughout this whole movie. There's not a single oh, line stiff. that he it's recorded stiff. that goes to waste. Even even the bad takes are left in this movie. So nothing went to waste, man. You want to talk about efficient? <laughs> this movie is efficient. Nothing on the cutting room floor. No, nothing. Don't don't well, waste. Except for all that dead air and the editing around people talking. <laughs> <laughs> And, and long stares at objects and watching her t- watching her snack every time she kills somebody, but I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> Those are the best. Uh, but, uh, well, well next, a- next week he's the tuberculosis guy, right? Right, that's what I'm going to say. They get the phone call. It's a new, new patient being transferred to the Shady Palms Clinic. And it's Coffin Dude, man. He comes walking down the outside of the house. And we've had, we've had several double denims. But we've never had two-color double denim, man, because his jacket is dark blue denim, and his jeans are the ashen wash denim, and he's rocking it, man. So you got double denim, two-color double denim coming down the street, and one of the Golden Girls, and they're walking up to the front door <laughs> at the clinic. I'm telling you, you want to talk about another scene, man, that's like, just, I, I like, he coughs for, like, what, a minute and a half? <laughs> <laughs> so Golden Girl leaves him there, and then... So Levi was saying while ago, she just gives him this stare. It just goes off forever. It's like he's wanting to cough, but he's afraid to because she's just looking at him like, I'm going to eat you. Is tuberculosis guy, is that the uh, the Russian dude? No, no, it's the director. <laughs> oh, is it the director? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's also in the second one, too, right? Plays a different character. That's, yeah. That, okay, I'll, yeah, I'm going to get my movies mixed up. Okay, there we go. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> So I've, I've got a uh, I've got a second soundbite here, and this is where Gomez and Meatloaf are talking about what they're going to do with the new patient. Kind of goes like this: I don't like to get too close to him. I've never seen a worse case of tuberculosis. <laughs> he might not last through the week. He might not last through the day, Gordon. Oh, so this is where we evil laugh together? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. So they take two-colored denim and they put them in Jan Brady's room. Meatloaf meatloaf suffocates him for about 20 minutes with a pillow. It takes forever. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, that's the uh, that's their their treatment for tuberculosis. <laughs> he didn't struggle very hard. He had one hand free, and it's just like he's just given up. Uh, just maybe like he did on his directorial career. But <laughs> <laughs> good one. That's good. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so what's funny is in the middle of all this, man, when when uh, she's just in here choking him out, it it cuts to another room and. Guess who's there? That's right. Joe Pesci is waking up from taking a nap to take a drink of whiskey. <laughs> I like this too. This is uh, Louise the Louise the Lush. Yeah, <laughs> but they they call her like it's weird though because okay, so she's already in their house and she has this uh, kind of arrangement with uh, with uh, Doctor Mario. And you know this is true Mario. because of the way he awkwardly climbs on top of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, I, I like this though too because like he's talking about her like special arrangement, and then I don't know what it was, but like right after that, they said her name was Louise Kegel, and I'm like, Kegel, really? That's what you went with? <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, every scene with with her in it, man, I just kept saying, wow, Joe Pesci, man, with boobs. Oh yeah, they were. Uh, I thought we were gonna see him at some point. <laughs> You know, I was terrified. I was really glad that the lighting was bad and it was shot on video, so I couldn't see her cleavage. <laughs> oh man, but, her uh, blouse was open. It was really gross. Yeah, yeah. So, and then it goes into the the explanation of how we got her into the building as well. And you know, like you guys were saying, you know, she's there. She's trying to dry out. But Meatloaf keeps seeing that her sherry bottle is getting empty in the kitchen all the time. So she knows that somehow. That, uh, that Joe Pesci's getting a, getting a drink out of it. We find out that Gomez is, you know, kind of busy getting the sherry and trading for some uh, some action. <laughs> some, yeah. of the, some of the strangest oh, action man. you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, dude, when he's laying on top of her in their neck, and I'm like, this is just, no. <laughs> Didn't need this. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure some people pay a lot of money for this kind of oddity. I forgot that uh, we get another, you know, Gomez is burying John Davis at this time. So we get some more graveyard digging stuff, which is exactly the same footage from before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dude, they never did anything twice. It was just always re- – if they had to do the same thing, it was just re-shot, the same shot. Well, at first I thought, does this guy just wear this particular set of clothing when he digs graves? Yeah. Was it like khakis and like a long sleeve shirt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a white shirt, long sleeve with the sleeves rolled up, you know, half a quarter. Like a, like a Dockers commercial digging a grave. Right after this is when the old woman who dropped off uh, the uh, tuberculosis guy, she shows back up to check on him. Um, and so so she she comes back to check on Mr. Davis, and, and the whole thing is very, like, weekend at Bernie's, if you can imagine that being less funny. She goes upstairs, and... Mr. Davis's body's in the bed. You can see him, but his arms like just limply like waving, like his his wrist is like just flopping around. Oh man! <laughs> so what happens is she calls. She wants to come see him, so they have to dig the body back up. Which we go back to the digging scene again. You figure, well, maybe they just didn't reverse. No, it's the same footage. And uh, <laughs> pull the body out of the grave, wash him off with the water hose outside, drag his body upstairs, <laughs> and put him in the bed. And Golden Girl goes up there to see him. She goes, hi, Mr. Davis, how are you? And you see his arm waving, and it's Gomez underneath the bed just holding his arm up and waving it. And it just keeps doing the same thing with the arm. It's just, oh, man, it's so bad. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what's funny is I don't I don't know a whole lot about tuberculosis, but I think I know enough about it to know that, that there were, like, just red flags being kicked all over this house. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know, like, they're like, she's like, no, I need to go in the room with him. Well, he had a flare up, but <laughs> like, nobody's wearing any kind of, you know, decontaminant. It's just like, nobody else cares. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it's like, she's the, she's the worker who's keeping track of it. You think of anything, she would be more cautious. I want to see if you guys, did you, did you notice the phone? Because it rings and, and it's an old style 70s, 60, 70s phone ring, right? Ring, normal. Yeah, but it wasn't a rotary, right? But it's not a rotary phone, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. This is the heart transplant, right? Like these, he wants to give uh, to do a heart transplant. Who does he want to do the heart transplant on? The wino? What it is? Let me check my notes. 
this is after we see a dog. The camera's focused on a dog laid out on the floor with its legs spread open like that dog from Bowfinger. This is only the second dog I've ever seen doing this. Like, why are you focused on that dog laying there relaxing? I think I'd rather be relaxing like the dog than watching this movie at some point, especially after we just saw uh, Nurse Edith having a two-minute dream sequence from Criminally Insane. Oh, man. <laughs> the dream oh, sequences. Man. Again. Never, never let a bad film go to waste. <laughs> hey, I will tell you what right now, man. Like all these movies made me want to do was watch Criminally Insane, insane I, instead of these. I one hundred percent agree. I, I want to watch it now because I was like, this looks weird enough to be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend Criminally Insane. That movie's a blast. <laughs> oh yeah, I never and saw I'm, the sequel. Oh, that that movie makes Death Nurse look like uh, a freaking Citizen Kane. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Death, it's criminally insane too is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Sounds like a challenge. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he wants to uh, cut the heart out of the corgi and put it in a human being. <laughs> That's where we are right right now in this movie, <laughs> folks. Let's be realistic here. If you're gonna tune into this movie and watch one thing. You gotta watch the heart transplant, aka the cat chase. <laughs> the cat chase. <laughs> it's they, it, it's like it's like they took the idea of zaniness and forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that that cat, he's he's just he he digs into the bowl and you hear it clatter. You don't see it happen, and then you see the cat on the floor and it's eating something red and bloody it looks pretty gross but the cat's mostly just like sitting there looking at the camera looking kind of upset and then uh, <laughs> dr mario and uh uh what did you call her uh tank uh they're meatloaf? running a <laughs> meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> they start running in circles around the uh around the operating table acting like they're trying to get the heart back and then you cut back to the cat and it's sitting in place, <laughs> watching place. them run around. <laughs> and then you go back to them, and they're running in circles. <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah, I was very confused. No, my wife, but she was like, she's like, the cat's not even moving. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact of they're they're running around the table that they're doing surgery on, but while they're chasing the cat, there's nothing on the table. There's not a dude, not a nothing. It's just like, uh, did y'all forget something here? This was like dementia. The film. Wow. <laughs> Cat Chase. Highly recommended. <laughs> so so now, is it now when the health inspector shows up? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump to that. Why not? <laughs> Dude, I, 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 my, my notes, I have them in sequence, but I don't know when they happen. We didn't talk oh, about the fact of Meatloaf goes downstairs and feeds some rats. That's obviously from footage from another movie. <laughs> And the rat, oh yeah, the rats have their own theme music every time they're on the screen too. But it's because it's in the actual film that that he's ripping off or that he shot or who knows where this film came from. But it looks like you just took a Paul Nashy film and just steal some footage, right? <laughs> very Ed Wood and feeling as far as like you know the stock footage. Yeah, yeah, very much. I just loved it though because every time it showed the rats, it'd be like, and it would just cut off real quick, and she go. I love my little fellas. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, with the, with the, the motor behind it. This is where the health department dude shows up. And he's sitting there and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to shut you down. You got rats. <laughs> and she's like, you can't shut us down. 
And he never says another word. He just keeps writing. And she just runs off another room and comes back. And guess what? That's right. little stabbing action. And uh, <laughs> this guy's death groans. Is that the best way to describe what's happening here? She's stabbing <laughs> him. And he's making these sounds. And we're just not really giving an effort here. Uh, I've got the actual audio here. Here we go. Dude's being stabbed. Sounds like this. <laughs> Just when you thought it was done. <laughs> It sounds like somebody drank like a third of Ipecac and started punching beef. <laughs> <laughs> they take his body and decide they're going to start feeding the rats with the uh, with the the bodies that are starting to pile up because they can't, Gomez can't dig fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. You gotta keep you reusing the footage faster and faster. Right. Um, so, can either of you explain to me? And I may have missed it. Um, but why in the next scene does the old lady check herself into the hospital? Because <laughs> you're taking such good care of the uh, people. I she was trying to do a little bit of um, investigating for herself. She wanted to see what was going on. I, I don't know. She checks in and she like gets in a negligee, and I'm like. <laughs> This is, I don't know where this movie's going, man. <laughs> like, uh, so here, they put, here's, put a bra on grandma. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out here. Th- th- I thought this could kind of go either way because she checks herself in. She decides it's a bed and breakfast, I guess, and gets in the bed. And, and then uh, Meatloaf goes and creates a meal for her. And I wasn't for sure. I, I, I thought she was maybe killing the rat and was going to feed her the rat. Or was she just cutting the meat off the dude? You know, wouldn't that be an option? You know, I think she was just—I think she was just feeding her rats. Yeah, I think in the second movie she kind of explains it, but I thought, why wouldn't you just—you know—if you're wanting to get rid of the body? <laughs> I forgot to mention too when when she kills the uh, the inspector guy, his blood looks like chipotle sauce. <laughs> Doesn't look like blood at all. And no, it's 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 like that. Uh, yeah, it's like that. Like orangey pasta sauce. Like a, a Chipotle is a pretty right. a, pretty apt description. But you know what makes this movie great? You get to see some uh, uh, Golden Girl gets to show some seventy year old side boobs. Oh god, <laughs> sagging. She's just sneaking around. I mean, so that's that. That's kind of the theory again that that Levi was saying. She just checked herself in so she can try to find out if she can actually see what's going on. And uh, she finds Meatloaf and demands to see Mr. Davis. And she says, he's in therapy. Well, I demand to see him. You want to see him naked? And I'm going, well, she's walking around naked. What difference (laughs) does it make? And and, and really, I mean, I don't feel like this is the kind of place where they really care about that kind of thing. Like, do you want to see him naked? Like, I mean, (laughs) if that's the state he's in, she's his, like, social worker. I like the explanation. Do you want to see him with his clothes off, <laughs> naked? Well, didn't it mean the same thing? <laughs> but what we get, this is where we get to see the, the shot of brilliance in this movie. Like we said, no footage left on the cutting floor. 
because we're even repeating pieces of film and dialogue Holy. now. If dream sequences wasn't enough or we see the same thing over and over, we get this one. I won't be put off. I want to see Mr. Davis immediately. Get back in bed, you nosy old bitch. If you don't take me to Mr. Davis and Mr. Badowski, I'll call social services. Get back in bed, you <laughs> nosy old bitch. <laughs> All right, I'm going to phone. <laughs> I do love how, how she, it's like she turns into Freddy Krueger like toward the end of this movie where she keeps calling everybody a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> was he just drunk when he was editing that night when he's putting the movie? Oh, crap. I put that line in there twice. Well, oh, well, can't fix it. <laughs> I like that. I like that, too. That, that I feel like editing didn't even get a second pass at this. It was like, <laughs> it was like get back in bed, you old nosy old bitch. She, she turns half into like Freddy Krueger, <laughs> half into John Wayne. I w- <laughs> yeah, yeah, nosy old bitch. <laughs> Just kept that running, right? Hey, can I bother you for a glass of water? <laughs> Get back in bed, you nosy old bitch. I love that. I think the woman in the next room is dying. Get back in bed. <laughs> I mean, just keep running with it, right? Dude, that would be like the supercut of the, both of these movies together. It's just like a bunch of, like every interaction, but that's the response. That may be a, a sample that we need to, to go in this short bus archive. But yeah, she goes to, to call the services and report Meatloaf for, you know, not uh, doing what she wants her to do and calling her a bitch, I guess. <laughs> and uh, Meat stabs her 19 times. And Joe Pesci's looking out the door and sees what's going on. And uh, then Meatloaf tells Gomez, hey, we got to get rid of her because she's a nosy old bitch. Go ahead. But like at the same time, like they really haven't uh, they haven't dealt with the, the drunk lady in there either. So they got this like wild drunkard in their in their hospital. And then uh, this old, old, yeah. half-naked woman just, just wandering around. the halls like some kind of phantom. <laughs> phantom of the side boobs. <laughs> oh, man. No, I got two bodies phantom to get of, rid of. Yeah, I mean, they just keep piling up, man. Meatloaf goes to give uh, Joe Pesci a shot. It, it, it looked like a, a plastic tube with a pencil sticking out of the top of it. And my next line in my notes says, Meat Dream 3, Mannequins. That's that's what we should have called this movie, Meat Dreams. And at this point, that's when uh, Lieutenant Badowski shows up and wants to come check on his nephew, who is the, the guy that we just did heart surgery on, who's no longer around, who's down there feeding rats, basically. And, uh, hey, I'm going to leave these magazines for my nephew. And uh, he goes to walk out and he starts smelling something really bad around the house. He's doing the obvious <laughs> sniffing around. You know, it's just like, uh, how obvious has it got to be? You couldn't just make a face like, whoo. Meatloaf is looking out the window and sees the lieutenant down there sniffing around, comes back, starts walking Literally. back. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Just sniffing around. <laughs> and uh, you see her go and sit down by Gomez Adams on the on the couch, and she just says, Son of a bitch. And then it just cuts off. <laughs> the end. Oh, man. The end. And and again, like we we talked about getting getting into this one, you know, if you had if you had rented this from the video store, unfortunately, you, you didn't get a full movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about one hour. Well, yeah. I, not only that, but like, I mean, there was there wasn't much of a plot, but there, there was no conclusion at all. It was just kind of like, 
okay, well, something started to happen in the plot, and let's cut to credits. <laughs> right. It's like, dum dum dum. The end. Um, do you want to go ahead and just go right into Death Nurse 2? I think you have to, because, you know, I think we, we talked earlier about, you know, the fact of picking up this movie at, at the, the rental place and watching it and going, what the hell? And then not being able to figure out what happens till, you know, was it a few years later or the next year later? Or? The next year. <laughs> yeah, when another videotape was released with Death Nurse 2 printed on it. Well, and, and, almost, and almost an identical cover. Hey, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, I only watched these movies once each, you know, so I, I probably didn't do all the, the legwork you did, Ricky. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the first movie, when the detective is sniffing around the garage, like literally like yeah. Huckleberry hounded it, he uh, he there's no body in the no. garage, right? They don't no. show up. Okay. Because when this movie opens, when when Death Nurse Two opens, it shows a visible body laying in the garage. Yeah, yeah, you see, it's, like go- a, it's the same scene though. It's Golden Girl. They just went back and shot, you know, just a still of her being dead, which that shot gets used. I don't know, six, seven times in this movie, part two. It's the same well, shot. <laughs> so, if, if you thought they struggled in the first movie to like, you know, make any make any kind of feature length. A movie, or you know, fill it with just unnecessary file keeping or whatever. Uh, yeah. This movie, man, this movie just completely usurps that first one. Right. It's like we can do what the first one did and better. That's right. Have no fear because if you thought only an hour and you're craving more, you're not going to get it here. I mean, you're still going to get more, but you're not going to get what you want. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, you'll get you'll get more of the same actors too playing different roles. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is I even do like that. even a plot twist that they put in this movie. And you're like, yeah, that's a really clever way to say I couldn't hire anybody else. <laughs> well, well, let's be honest too. I mean, for for a movie that you know, each movie on its own is less than an hour. They really do like they really do punch up the tropes <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> It's like, hey, we'll get to it later. But like you know, there's there's uh, twin sisters introduced and. Right. And as exciting as that sounds, there really isn't much plot development when that stuff happens either. Does the detective go to the door after that? Yes, he, he walks up the door and Meatloaf just stabs him. I mean, he, he knocks on the door <laughs> yeah. and she just delivers. And Gordon just looks at her. He just sits there and watches. Then she says, do I have to do all the work around here, Gordon? Get off your dead ass. And then he just sits there looking really glum. <laughs> well, I don't then, know. I don't know the background on this at all. But like Gordon, like was really MIA for most of this movie. Yeah, I, I, maybe they just wanted him not to be. I mean, the movie is called Death Nurse, so you know you kind of have to. <laughs> you kind of got to break away from holding the hands of your brother. You know, to, to get you through this, you're you're on your own now, Meatloaf. Well, he's got Brownie's hand. <laughs> yeah, he does. We'll get because, to that uh, for sure. <laughs> I mean. Is it is it immediately after this that it cuts to the uh, dumpster shopping? Yeah, scene? It goes, it, it, you got two dudes on the phone saying uh, somebody needs to go pick her up and somebody needs to to take her somewhere and all this stuff. And it's just like what? And then it yeah, then it cuts to one of the guys. It's like a cheap Eddie Murphy walking down the street <laughs> and uh, sees this homeless woman. Let's talk. Let's talk about her dumpster diving for a while because this thing is longer than than Gomez. <laughs> Digging a grave. 
Dude, it was like an episode of Dumpster Market Sweep, man. She just kept going, kept going aisle to aisle, man, just to every dumpster. Like, you don't have to follow her to every dumpster. Man. You know, it, man. now I'm thinking about it. I, for, I forgot about the and how long she was she was doing that because I got up and, and went to the kitchen to get a snack. But I'm looking at my notes, and I only realized that maybe the reason I did that was because after Edith killed that cop, she sat down and had tea. Right. <laughs> like she goes and gets a snack every time she kills somebody. So, yeah, then I missed I missed the dumpster diving. I was getting food. Death, now, death makes her you hungry. Have the audio from whenever she runs into that cop. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that. It's the only sound bite I got from the second movie because the rest of them there's, oh. there's nothing else there. But this sound bite, this I, is the one you need. I lost my cookies, man. <laughs> when this happens, <laughs> so dude walks up to her and basically goes like this right here. You don't remember me? I'm gonna kill you, kill you, you dirty motherfucker! <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, kill you! Like it's like she can't even. It's, she, I think she was legitimately drunk, dude. <laughs> oh, so, say it like you're like you're you know a bandito. <laughs> I'm going to kill, kill you, kill you. <laughs> I love it, man. And then she barters with him, like she's like, well, "I won't stab you to death for some for some like dumpster wine or whatever." <laughs> uh, oh no, it's white wine. She doesn't. She wants white wine. Oh man, yeah. And, and you know what we get after this? Right after this? After we went through about let's say this. I've got it wrote down here. So the very beginning of the movie, you get the credits. You've got you know the lieutenant walking around. He walks up to the house, gets stabbed a bunch. Meatloaf has some tea. And at seven minutes and 21 minutes in this movie is when we're getting to the part where she says, I'm going to kill you, kill you. So there's about six minutes there of her dumpster diving. (laughs) That's no joke, dude. I mean, mean, seriously, like there are certain things that this director, we we talked about before, man. He just does not cut away, man. (laughs) That's his wife, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that played Louise. It's his wife. And then here, you know, for... I, I, and I was I was confused. I thought she's dead, but then I yeah. I realized it was a different character because oh she has uh, maybe fake eyebrows and a, and a they put a hat on her monster hair. <laughs> I thought well maybe <laughs> maybe we're doing the prequel kind of thing right? Maybe this is her before and she's right. being but the, her she went by Brownie on the street, but her real name's Louise. I, I'm you know I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my name's Louise Cagle, but you can so. call me Brownie. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> like, it funny put that knockers away. I just thought it was funny that the Eddie Murphy guy was calling her Brownie. So yeah, it's just just kind of a weird, just a weird just situation. I thought of that too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what we get after this though? I mean, after after the dumpster diving and the great line from the movie, the only one that's worth gathering, we get uh, another meatloaf dream. And guess what? She's dreaming this time. The same the death you saw three times. <laughs> yeah, it's you know what's funny though about this death scene is it's like they they show the death scene over and over, but then they show like it's like they'll show one part of it and then they'll come back and show that same part again within the yeah. same re, re, uh, you know repeating of it. You're either walking through the psychedelic graveyard. And then it cuts to her coming in the bedroom and killing those people. I love the fact, too, that she creeps around. But being she's weighing, I don't know, 370, every board creaks. <laughs> she, she's, to, yeah. she's trying to sneak, but everything's like... 
You, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Any, any of our listeners out there that have a Mama Cass foot fetish going on, yeah, I'll say this movie. This movie delivers. This movie delivers. A Mama Cass foot fetish. That's that's a great name for a band right there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys going to see MCFF tonight? <laughs> we might change the name of the show to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, between two movies at this point, I was writing it down, and at this point, this is 11 and a half minutes of these dream sequences so far. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, it's man. criminally insane. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, so Brownie, uh, again, I don't know the, I don't know the uh, qualifications one needs to get into shady poems, but for some reason, that's where the cop ends up taking Brownie, and. <laughs> It's funny to me she because, like, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's got to be, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, is it a psychiatric place? Is it a place for people to get clean off drugs, a surgical center? <laughs> and apparently the cops and social workers don't care either because they just keep sending people there. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing. He sent it because they had such high regards as, you know, such good words have been said about this place. I'm like, that's wild. I mean, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. But, hey, that's how you make your movie work, right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, like I said, it's the same footage again from from the first movie we see over and over. It's over three minutes long, folks. Just this dream sequence. And then the phone rings every time. When she wakes up, it's, it's the phone ringing. And it's uh, it's the dude that's taking over Goldie's job, right? Since Goldie's been MIA, Golden Girl. They're sending Brownie there to get dried out. Dude shows up, introduces her. And uh, then Meatloaf and Brownie get in a fight over her bag. She's got a bag It's you know... Supposedly got her belongings in it. And uh, Brownie pulls out a knife and starts chasing Meatloaf around. And you want to hear <laughs> Benny Hill music at this point. I mean, they're just running around. <laughs> Stupid! <No. laughs> these scenes, man, these chase scenes, I, I think they're trying to like be humorous in, in the fact that, you know, some drunk woman came in there and she can't turn the tables on the nurse, but... At this point, I'm just kind of like, all right, God, this is, you got to go to the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy's name is John Sawyer. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, you know, Meatloaf finally gets away, and she's it's almost like, Jane, come and stop this crazy thing, right? She's running around yelling for <laughs> Gomez. He's like, yeah, whatever. And uh, they say they're friends, right? Hey, I'm not here to, to, to mess with you. I'm your friend. That always works. Well, and then she even tells her that she'll get her some more liquor, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. <laughs> so she goes and fixes up some of the drinks, brings them back, and guess what? Extra utensils. And uh, Meatloaf <laughs> meat, meatloaf puts her down. Well, momentarily, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's how much yeah, I remember I, this movie. <laughs> well, it kind of shocked, it shocked me, too, because, yeah, she gets stabbed, and uh, she ends up living. I mean... Yeah, a couple seasons later, I was like, whoa, they really wanted this character to keep going. Well, the problem <laughs> is, is because she only stabbed her 13 times instead of 19 <laughs> times. It's that 19 is the is the number, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice the aluminum foil knives in this movie? Oh, yeah. no. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place in this one, man. Yeah, it's just like, I mean... They, yeah, the stabbing tech is not up to par. So they kind of write Gordon out of this movie for a good chunk of it. How does that scene come on, come about though? Because I know that uh, Brownie ends up taking him out for a little bit. 
Oh, well, it had, right after this, uh, Gordon was taking a nap. Right. And I know that because I, I wrote down, you took a nap? <laughs> <laughs> That's my job, in parentheses. Like, she's wondering what he's doing, and she's the one sleeping all the time. And then she goes to sleep again and has another dream sequence. Yep. So at this point, we're like 14 minutes. Yeah, I said, uh, meet dream number 12. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they put Brownie down in the basement like they've been, you know, that's the new trend now instead of burying him in the backyard because, you know, your whole yard is going to be dig up at this point. Throw her body down in the basement. We get the, the other, the 12th meet dream, same footage. Guess what? Phone rings, which is the phone that's not the rotary phone that's ringing, even though it sounds like a rotary phone. <laughs> and it's and it's John Sawyer. Modern day <laughs> And then, uh, just like we're talking about, in the basement, Brownie's not dead. Oh. She's tough stuff. It was funny how she came too. Just kind of blinked yeah. and looked around like she was waking out out of a, a drunken stupor <laughs> instead of having been stabbed thirteen times. Yeah. <laughs> well, they might have got confused on the characters again. Who knows? Well, and she's out for revenge. Is this when she goes in and stabs him? Yep. She climbs the stairs. Gomez oh. has her bag, and uh, yeah, she stabs Gomez with aluminum foil knife, and then <laughs> then Meatloaf rushes in and with the meat cleaver. And uh, at this point, I was wondering, like, for the director, how hard could it be to put, like, a real meat cleaver into a ham or something? Like, you just need to put a, sh a shirt on a ham. <laughs> but he doesn't even do that. It's like I think a, that was like the other the, I think that was the other actress who went out for the role was a shirt on a ham. <laughs> well, you got to remember how these movies are made, right? Usually, if your first movie is a big hit. You know, you spend all your money on that. So your second one, you're going to spend less money and expect just as big a return, right? So yeah, he just helped. <laughs> well, he the just way these actors are eating. You know, in this movie, they probably didn't want to waste any food. So. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the craft service scenes are in the movie. Oh, and this is when we get the big reveal about Gomez too, because you know he's all right, mm. but he says, "I think I need a doctor," and she's like, "You're a doctor." He says, "I'm a vet." <laughs> That was the funniest part of the movie. It was pretty shocked. funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are they sending all these patients to a vet to do surgeries on them? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, again, I guess when you go back now, you think about the first movie, he's like, well, that makes total sense because he's trying to put a, a dog heart in this dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> so... Then it cuts to the uh, teller yelling on the street. I said teller, like Penn and Teller. <laughs> <laughs> Misha Rudinsky, right? He's the dude out there that's yelling about communism. Why? Yeah, that was interesting. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Yeah. I kept hearing capitalism, but that was about it. Yeah. He was basically saying capitalism is good and communism is bad. And uh, yeah, uh, weird, weird, weird decision. Director, I know you're trying to branch out. At least you picked a different person to be in the movie. It's almost like he was trying to say something. All of a sudden, he decided, I'm going to plug a theme into this film. Got to make a statement. <laughs> this is what this movie's really about. <laughs> right. It's like Paula Abdul. On this album, I'm going to prove I can really sing. <laughs> uh -huh. oh, so, yeah. R.I.P. MC Scat Cat. <laughs> John Sawyer beer calls uh calls up Meatloaf again. Got another new patient coming to you. All right, 
And uh, that's when Sawyer tells him it's this crazy dude that's out on the street. Well, he's he's kind of weird. He's harmless. Because she goes into like, hey, you know, she she tried to uh, try to attack me and all this kind of stuff. Well, this guy won't do that. He's he's all right. He's he's harmless, but he likes to make speeches. <laughs> what a weird way to sell a patient, right? Well, yeah, but you can't even understand him. Could you guys understand half the stuff he was saying? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I really I rewound a little bit a couple times just to see. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, the random guy the cop picks up and like throws in a nut house. Yeah, and I love the fact that it's dinner time, and she you see her carrying a, a nice tray of food, but she's got this dog bowl, and she's got the food for him in the dog bowl, and just hands it to him. <laughs> but uh, she made a, an actual meal for Gomez, who's now bedridden, right? He got stabbed, I don't know, shoulder, high back? Uh, I don't know. It seemed, yeah, it seemed very high back, like mid-shoulder area. So it's like, Really? I mean, was he that injured? I don't know. <laughs> it's like I feel like they had the two options were to either just kill him off completely or have him running around with nothing to do, like in the first movie, with him chasing chasing a cat around a table and stuff. So they're like, "We'll just put you laid up in bed for the rest of this one." But here's where Poor the movie guy's probably exhausted from all those burials, anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> here's where the movie really takes a turn because there's a knock at the door. <laughs> Me love goes downstairs. And opens the door, and Golden Girl is standing there. And Meatloaf freaks out, even shuts the door, don't she? Don't she shut the door? And then we, yeah. Get, a, yeah. we get a flashback from part one, like we needed it. <laughs> yeah, see that old lady in her nightgown again. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> and, uh, but Goldie's still at the door, so she opens the door, and guess what? It's Goldie's twin. Boom, boom, boom. You guys That's what this movie was missing, was that was that se- the twin in the sequel. This woman's just checking in on her sister, right, that was in the hospital? Yeah, she's wanting to know where her twin sister ran off to. And then it goes immediately from there, from meatloaf sharpening her uh, her meat cleaver. Which Man, go- for a really long Which time. goes on for a, forever. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to kill Rudinsky. I guess she's just had enough. No real explanation. He's up there minding his own business. Speaking to the wall, she busts in, <laughs> chops him up, and then we get Meat Dream 227. <laughs> <laughs> it's 16 minutes and 25 seconds of dream sequences in this movie. <laughs> that's, a quarter, so, <laughs> that's over a quarter of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you called it a film. That was great, too. <laughs> that was very kind. Oh, now, gotta... uh, so... so the dream sequence? Do they show the same one again with the two, the couple in bed? Or no, this is I, the this I, is where she's stabbing the woman that's got the key. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel bad, like I, in a way, because I, I mean, I recommend Criminally Insane to pretty much anybody because it's hilarious and it's worth watching. Like it's it's not it's not a good movie, but it's got some like genuine humor and some funny stuff going on. But you know, you watch Death Nurse one and two, and then you've seen the kills from Criminally Insane repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, I think I could, I could like recreate these scenes just based on the <laughs> how many times I've seen them. Give me a mannequin <laughs> <laughs> and a pink feather boa. Let's do this. <laughs> and some ravioli. <laughs> you like Mama Cass? <laughs> the Russian guy, he got killed with that giant hatchet she was sharpening, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we, we jump out, you know, after that, we got the dream sequence. And then uh, 
Detective Sir Coughs a lot shows up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, what's what's going Did, on? As soon as it started, the, I was like, I cannot believe this coughing drops back. No, the director was the the guy she just killed. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I checked IMDb and Death Nurse too. They didn't put any of the the cast members who were actually like really featured in the movie on the <laughs> listings there. So I couldn't. I couldn't figure out who was who at, at this point. But you know what? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, did you guys see? Buck, did you guys see George Buck Flowers in this? Because it says he's I in the cast. He, he was in one of the criminally ins- he was the detective in criminally insane, so he had to be in one of the flashbacks. Or okay, something. and maybe I just uh, didn't catch that or something because the I saw him in the IMDb and I'm like he's not in this movie. <laughs> like I, that's pretty bad. Whenever like Buck Flowers is like your get. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the star of criminally insane. I mean, he's kind of the star of this, and I didn't even see him. So you know, he's he's talking to to to. Goldie's twin about her sister's disappearance, and then Goldie number two decides to do a stakeout, and <laughs> you know she's sitting there in a the car, and you get music from another movie, obviously. So again, this guy doesn't let anything go to waste. Don't come up with any new music. Let's just use something from a movie from you know thirty years earlier or something. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> how this guy's rolling here. But yeah, you get this music, and you can tell is totally out of place. It does not work with what's going oh, on. Yeah, it's almost like he just took his like a little bitty voice recorder and just put it in front of a TV speaker and recorded the uh, the the music, and that's what he used as the background music. But yeah, meatloaf is outside watering the bushes because that's what you do at Shady Palms. <laughs> <laughs> oh. She had to do something. She had to do something. Well, they had to get a reason for her to be outside so you understand that you're at the same house, I guess. They they couldn't just have a sign out front that said Shady Palms or anything, you know. How does the people even know where this place is? I mean, I mean, I guess it's just old school, right? I mean, even my, my stepmom's like a part-time photographer. She's at least got a sign in her yard, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is work. just a house. <laughs> Like, and that's the funny thing about it is if you were to just be, if you're driving through the neighborhood, you wouldn't know that, you know, hard extraction was taking place <laughs> in the living room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with without back steakhouse knives. Uh, so the, the whole premise here is to get Meatloaf out of the house. So Goldie's twin, a.k.a. Goldie, can sneak <laughs> back in the house and start snooping around. Well, guess what she hey, finds? They, they, oh, they put more clothes on her, at least. Yeah. 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 Well, well, does she go straight to the basement? Well, yeah, ain't that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she sees herself laying down there in the basement. Sees her dead sister, even though it's the same shot we saw earlier when the cop was looking in the garage. See, this is where I get confused. Obviously, that was the car garage that the lieutenant went into at the end of the first one. But now her body's oh, yeah. down in the basement. So I'm, I'm getting confused on, are they just making this crap up? I'm sure they are. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like when kids find a giant refrigerator box and they're like, "Oh, okay, so now the the box is a castle," and they're like, "Now it's a car." You're like, "That's that's the way this guy directs rooms." <laughs> I have so, to give that old lady some credit though. When she saw herself, man, I, I was like, "Oh, finally, some actual acting in this movie." Like she, she really was taken aback. Started to shriek. <laughs> well, she couldn't. She, she couldn't upset. believe they. She couldn't believe that uh, she she was reminded that a year before she was 
convinced to get in that negligee and lay on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> I've done what? Hey, hey, here's some. Ah! <laughs> she screams and starts running back upstairs, and Meatloaf is hiding in front of the fridge. And you know, you really can't tell she's there because she's wearing white. And the fridge is white, so she's camouflaged. <laughs> but uh, guess what happens? That's right. She goes to stab. Yeah. T- goes to stab town. And I mean, and she was pretty much the uh, the only protagonist in this movie. She's taken down. And you kind of think the whole thing's over, right? But uh, again, just like the last movie, a cop shows up at the very end. Of course. <laughs> I love the fact that and, she goes up to tell Gomez, you know, maybe it's time we retire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really expecting her to say, you know what? It's time for you to retire. I got, I'm got, i taking care of all this by myself because you took a nap. So uh, here's your ticket out to, to, to Looneyville, boy, and just start stabbing him. And then she's free to walk. Yeah, I wondered why maybe he didn't kill his sister and just turn himself into the police. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I just give up. He looks so defeated anyway. Yeah, my dream is shattered. I've been stabbed. I'll never be able to do anything again. <laughs> well, the poor guy just sits around with that look on his face, and it, you know, the way his bottom lip sticks out, it, he might as well just be saying the word glum over and over <laughs> again. Just glum. Maybe the fact of he can no longer, just like her purpose in life was to, you know, push the buttons on that calculator, his was to go out and dig graves, and he can't with a bum shoulder. <laughs> or put heart, you know, dog hearts into people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sergeant David Gallagher shows up, coughing man. Well, actually, he didn't show up. He calls her on the phone and says, hey, I'm coming by at 10 o'clock a.m. Oh, yeah. I like how you tell someone you're coming there for a search warrant. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, you just show up, dude. Why would you give them, like, the yeah a chance to do anything, any kind of prep work? <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but he does. He tells her. He tells her they have a search warrant. She's like, "What are you gonna search for?" And I literally screamed, "A plot!" <laughs> <laughs> oh. So she gets off the phone and, and tells her brother, "We got to do something about that smell downstairs." And then she starts. Then she starts talking about the smell in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a sound effect oh. for that one. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, uh, you know, this is this is the part I really started cracking up because she goes down there with an aluminum bucket that literally says lime written on it. (laughs) Like you just have a bucket of lime laying around, right? (laughs) Lime. Somebody took the time to stencil lime on this on this metal bucket just for this scene. She couldn't have said this lime ought to do the trick. You know, that's all you got to do. You don't have to literally have a can that says lime on it. <laughs> More prep work went into that can than actual surgery in that place. So this this ties into another job that I just recently quit doing. Uh, Johnny, I may have told you about the Great Pretender shows I used to do with the high schools. Mm-hmm. So this this is a prime example of the kind of things I would deal with because, yeah, let's pick a song. Uh, Goodbye Earl by the... No longer Dixie Chicks, right? They're just the chicks now. <laughs> but uh, the people that would be putting on the song for Goodbye Earl literally think they have to have a can of peas sitting on the table because it mentions it in the song. So they try to have everything that's in the song on the stage. But I keep telling them, there's going to be, I don't know, 800 people in here. They're not going to see that can of peas. <laughs> <laughs> it's irrelevant. <laughs> But that's the way they do, man. You know, 
That's crazy. Oh, we're gonna do we're gonna do somewhere over the rainbow, and I want to have the yellow brick road on the floor. I'm like, you're on a stage. Nobody's gonna see anything below your ankles. <laughs> They're all looking up at you on a stage. They're not gonna see the yellow brick road. <laughs> This is a perfect That's example funny. of that in this movie of we have to do this because that way people know that this is lime. I, I love when they, they just put exposition in the film like that where it's just like it's not even something that you, they really needed to bring up or discuss. <laughs> but it's but like, they, they, had a, they had a prop maker do that. Right. You know, <laughs> to what Levi was saying, at least have a ham where you can make the stabbing look kind of realistic. No, nope, but we're going to spend money on, on a set of stencils and some black paint and put lime on this bucket. That's a weird detail. <laughs> kind of <laughs> make sure everybody believes it. <laughs> right. Filmmaking 101. Don't be so literal. Oh, well, I mean, that's the it's the same people who, like you were saying with music, the people who literally hear songs like In the Air Tonight and they think it's about somebody drowning and not like a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you were drowning and people are like, oh, my God, someone said they were drowning and he let them. Oh, no. <laughs> like, no, well, that's not what happened at all. So Do you sad. know how music and poetry and stuff's like written? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I know people all the time where they'll they'll just take things at face value like that, and I think that majority of society isn't that far gone yet. Well, people, but yeah, there are st- still people that <laughs> people <laughs> take everything have, literally. People have yeah, people have always taken the arts so literal. I remember my grandmother being so upset because. Charlton Heston was in something where he used some bad language. He said, I can't believe that. I mean, he was in that movie where he played Moses, and now here he is saying all this bad stuff. I'm like, he's not Moses. He was playing. It was acting. (laughs) You know? How can you be in a movie like that and then turn around and make this kind of filth? It's like, he's getting paid. He's an actor. (laughs) That's the reason Kiss and Marilyn Manson, they're not the devil. They want to scare you. But it's all make-believe. Oh, and wrestling's not real either. Just letting you know. <laughs> fun times, fun times. Man, I'm, I'm getting therapeutic here, ain't I? Um, well, it does lead me to say this. I was thinking that poor Gordon at this point, he was actually becoming so unresponsive that, that I wondered if he was dead. <laughs> I wondered if he was actually dead. He's just laying there with that look on his face, and he well, wasn't saying anything when his sister's talking to him. <laughs> I think that's kind of what it was alluding to, right? That's what it looked like, but then he wasn't. <laughs> it's it's weird because it's like maybe he's just reacting to the fact of they had a meeting halfway through the movie, and they said, look, this movie's called Death Nurse. You're not really needed, so we're going to cut your script in half. There's no ice cream scene in the second movie. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> You're gonna be you're gonna be bedridden and you got stabbed, and that's it. That's it. The movie is about Death Nurse, not Gomez. And I think maybe <laughs> we were we might have been seeing some real acting that he was doing based off the fact of he kind of been shunned for his you know spotlight in part two. Gomez's revenge. So you know? his, <laughs> Nick, Nick Miller gave him his chance. He he made a movie called Doctor Bloodbath, and yeah. with Eskenazi is the lead. And then Ermgard Millard plays his wife in that movie, and it is dreadful. Like, <laughs> it is boring. It is not good. Like Priscilla Alden's got all the charisma. And then uh, the director's going to move on to veterinary veterinary assistant murderer. <laughs> yeah, death, well, the doctor bloodbath. If I remember right, he, he played an abortionist, and then uh, and then his wife, played by Ermgard Millard, came to him and told him, "I want an abortion." 
And then he just got that glum look on his face. And that's the only thing I remember from that movie. And I know it was like 90 minutes long. <laughs> Keeping it classy, Millar. Keeping it mama yeah, so Albert had his chance. <laughs> Keeping it Cassie. Keeping it Cassie. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, the Sergeant Coffalot shows up at the door. Says he got a search warrant. And uh, she's like, what for? He's like, well... You got rats that just drug chunks of remains out here in your front yard. <laughs> and I was hoping, I was like, can we see that? Can we? I mean, that would be a good payoff, at least. No, you don't see it. You do see, uh, you do see Test Nurse's calculator watch, though. <laughs> yeah, yep. I was staring at that while they were talking to each other. It's like, oh, that's a calculator watch. <laughs> you know what we didn't get in these movies? We got all that. Uh, we got all that file clerk stuff she was doing, but we didn't get any of it on her wrist. That's right. Oh, <laughs> upgrade. That would have been great. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Just her like clicking away with her nails on her t- <laughs> her, her calculator on her wrist. Uh, <laughs> the numbers looks like a meth head scratching at himself. <laughs> so, just like the the first movie, the, you got the search warrant. You got the cop. Meatloaf goes and sits on the couch, and. Uh, Sergeant's still at the front door. It's like, well, you gonna come in? So he finally comes in, and then you hear Gomez up there going, Meatloaf? Meatloaf? What's going on? The end. They got got. <laughs> <laughs> this, there was no story or resolution or anything. If you were left hanging by the end of the first film, man, I feel really bad for you at the end of the second one. Well, what's bad is we just spent 40 this minutes talking about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> We talked almost as long as the movie is. (laughs) Yeah, but we have more original content than the movie. That's true. Wait a minute. Let me whip out another dream sequence for you here. (laughs) No, don't. Because at this point, if he had just left all of the stupid dream sequences out, it would have run about an hour and 40 minutes, which is way too long for all of this. Crazy. Man. But then, if you do that, you can't split it up into two video rentals, which then makes you twice as much tape money, which I, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe his second tape didn't sell so well. I wish I knew. I'd love to see, you know, to know if that actually worked or not. Because I would think that a lot of people were mad about how the first half ended. Yeah. So maybe a lot of video stores didn't order the second one. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Well, like you said, you rented the first one, and it ends like it does. Are you really going to be the guy that picks up the second one? Because, you know, you'd be like, no, man, just, that first one, the way it is, that sucked. No. <laughs> man, uh, you guys get any good lessons from bad movies? From this Ugh. terrible movie? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to make a film, use everything that you've got. Don't throw anything away. Because somebody will make a show talking about how bad it is later on down the road. <laughs> Being a hack surgeon is a struggle. <laughs> oh, he he seemed pretty bummed out most of the time. Yeah, never going. He to, said at one point, "You know, I struggle." <laughs> <laughs> never going to business with your relatives. You know what, man? That's a great lesson, and. Uh, but also, if you are going to go into business with your relatives, make sure you don't have half of them scantily clad like your geriatric, probably like dementia grandma <laughs> running around with like a side titty hanging out. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, have some decency. Cover your grandma up. <laughs> oh, man. 
man. <laughs> I guess that could be one of my what were they thinking because I was just like, because they like you look at the cast and if you don't know going into it, you're like, oh, he just got some random old woman to like put on barely anything, and then no, it turns out to be his friggin' grandma. What, I mean, <laughs> why is it why is it even an option, right? There's nobody in this lineup that should be naked. <laughs> no, man. Like, no. I, I'll tell you what. Like, you never want to hear Joe Pesci and Knockers in the same sentence. <laughs> and if that's all, that's your like prime talent in the movie, as far as that goes, man, you gotta really, you gotta really decide what's what's worth cutting. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, the the shots where uh, Doctor Mario's like leaping on top of her neck and whether I'm. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, nobody asked for this shit. <laughs> this, this, but it's almost that anatomically incorrect thing too, because it's kind of like, uh, like we talk about in the room, right? You know, the the, the scene there is like, where's he at? Her belly button? I mean, this this is not matching up right at all. You know, same deal here, man. It's just like a, I don't know. It's more like he passed out on top of her, and she's just patting him on the back. She is, yeah. She's like burping him, man, <laughs> like, a, like a man baby. <laughs> You guys uh, get any? What were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so much of it. <laughs> this whole uh, yeah. movie is a what were they thinking? <laughs> it really is, dude. I mean, mine that I wrote down are one minute of a dude coughing, like literally one minute of a dude coughing. Yeah. Uh, and then I wrote all the damn data entry. Like, <laughs> I didn't need that many scenes of watching uh, freaking Meatloaf and Drag do a data entry. Oh, man. <laughs> The dumpster diving, man. I mean, it's just like I mean, <laughs> six do, minutes. Do you feel like you just you have to fill up? I have to have an hour's worth of footage. So instead of creating new stuff, how about a little more effort into creating more content instead of just reusing everything? Crazy, yeah. Dude. And then you know, cutting a bunch of crap out and making a seventy-five minute movie and selling it once because you try to make something good, right? That's what that's what I want to do. I want to edit these movies together, and I want to do commentary for. But I want to do commentary as the director because I want I want to, I want to act like everything had meaning. Like the scene of dumpster diving, I want to be like. So in this scene here, I wanted people to see how the other side lives, like right, the people I, who really I tell mental you what, illness. That sounds like sounds like a challenge, man. I I tell you what, you folks out there, if you're listening to this show and you think that's a good idea, let us know, and we'll we'll kick that concept around. We'll do a fake commentary for this movie. Edited together, like it's a masterpiece. Maybe oh, jo- yeah. Johnny could be the director, and I could be like, or you know, I could be like the principal photographer or something. You know, <laughs> leave out what you want to be. Leave out what you want to be. I'll write it. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and I'll make a sign that goes out in front of the house that says Shady Palms Clinic. <laughs> Man, upgrade. They're so again. It's another one of those open-ended ones. I, I, the only thing I wrote down was less data entry because I mean that, and I mean maybe not show the same scene fifteen times. Right. You could have had one dream sequence, and somehow made it make sense that that was her mm-hmm. in her past, and that's why she's death nurse now, and just left it at that. Did you guys get the idea that like? Like her dreams were like disturbing her, a little bit. That it was weird because it was like she was having these dreams. She was killing people, and yeah. she was a terrible person. But then she'd have these dreams where she was doing the same stuff, and it was like she was spooked by him. 
hard to tell, man. It's so weird to me. It's like it's like someone who uh, you know they killed once in their past, or they've they've dreamt of themselves doing it of, of themselves doing it. So they like you know they're scared of what they might do in their waking life. But she's just as terrible in her waking life. Chances are it kind of went like this. Okay, lay down on the couch. All right, you're having a nightmare, and you wake up. All right, you're a little shaken. Okay. Okay, so uh, what, what's what's the dream going to be? I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Do we need to shoot any footage for the dream? No, no, we nah. got this covered. You remember, we got remember time. the movie you were in 15 years ago? We ain't got time for that. <laughs> we got 15 minutes to wrap up the second movie. Yeah, I wonder how many days this took. It might have only taken a couple of days to film this thing. <laughs> I'd, um, I, I, would I be, don't think there was a war. Was there a wardrobe change at all besides the negligee on the grandma? I would say you'd have it done by lunch. And then you get to film them eating lunch. <laughs> All right, folks, that's a wrap. See you at Wendy's. It's like, oh, I'm just going to eat this brick of ice cream out of the freezer. All right, film it. Um, so on the bus, I, I usually I usually ask you guys first, like, uh, where you would sit this on the bus. On the bus, Levi, uh, the front of the bus is generally the best, and, like, the back of the bus is buses uh you know you don't want to be sitting in the fifth seat because that's generally the worst seat on the bus for me i say that if this were the criminally if this was the first criminally insane movie i could give it a sort of a pass and it would be like watchably bad but i'm gonna get i'm gonna sit this one all the way in the back <laughs> what do you think levi i'm with you i well part of me likes this movie <laughs> Uh, you know, my wife asked me, what's wrong with you sometimes? <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I would put it, I think I'd put it, like, I'd put it in a seat, the fourth row. Uh, I'd yeah. put it in the seat right before the back. Because, uh, honestly, there's a couple little attempts at humor. It doesn't, it doesn't earn anything. And really, it's oh, got to waste a lot of time. I wrote that in my notes. Like, this movie is really wasting part of my life watching this. But uh, I, I don't know what it is. I... I keep laughing at this movie like both times I've seen this twice now <laughs> and and it's just uh I don't know it's not like it's last slumber party which I confess I've watched that movie way too many times for as bad as that is but oh, me too. Uh, something like something like Battlefield Earth that that belongs in the very back of the bus Oof. like I, I never want to look at that thing I want it to be behind me <laughs> but uh this movie I yeah I'll put it I'll put it in the fourth row you know I'm I'm kind of there with you because this movie, this movie, these movies, they do have a little charm to them, as bad as they are. And it's probably the performance of, of Meatloaf. I mean, it, it's quirky enough to keep you interested. Battlefield Earth, I had to turn off four times to make it through the thing. Winter Beast, I thought I was hemorrhaging. <laughs> watching Win, that yeah, one. yeah. Winter Beast <laughs> did feel worse than this. This one, I, I caught myself enjoying some of it. And saying, what am I watching at the same time? So to me, this is what I do. I say you take Mama Cass, and she's straddling the fourth seat, trying to step back to the fourth, to the fifth seat. She's right there. She's hanging, uh, sprawled out, <laughs> spread eagle <laughs> on the back of the bus seat, trying to step back into the fifth one, and she can't quite make it. <laughs> Dude, you want to hear something really funny is... Uh... 
she actually the 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 woman who played her she actually her one of her last roles is she played Nurse Ratchet on an episode of Nash Bridges with uh, Don Johnson and really? Cheech, Cheech Marin. <laughs> oh, and I would like to think that that was some some kind of throwback to this. But but then you look through her IMDb and it's like she was uh, in Dying Young, and she played a nurse in that. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and it, it's like. There's She's, another one. She was in uh, that Hugh Grant. I'm having a baby movie. Nine dude, months. Dude, she is right here. Nine months. Nine months. Wow. <laughs> well, she nurse, well, she, 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 she a nurse in that one too. Wow. Well, that's the funny thing is somebody. I don't know if it was like a a joke with like casting directors. Like this woman's in one of the worst pieces of crap ever. We got we we got to put her in this Hugh Jackman movie. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I mean, it, it's a shame because, you know, she's got a few chops. You know, she's got some charisma. But what do you do? Walk up, hey, I heard you're looking for, a, you know, a part-time, you know, just a, a step-in nurse for this movie. I've played a nurse. Okay, you got the gig. Did she purposely go out and look for those gigs because she'd played a nurse before? Or was it a stereotyping kind of thing that happened, you know? Maybe she thought she was the death nurse. <laughs> <laughs> As far as these movies go, they are uh, they're not the worst we've had on the bus, although I did rate it pretty bad. It's not the worst. <laughs> no, it's not the worst, but it's definitely in the right company. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Get out of the way! Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com They're ready to cure what ails you. (laughs) And still, they just might be a little contagious. Hey, you guys! All right, folks, I believe that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate you hanging out with us. If you're a fan of these movies, I'm sorry. We just crapped all over your masterpiece, but that's all right. It's all in fun. Uh, even, you know, if, if if dude's wife is listening and she's upset that we called her Joe Pesci, then, you know, just look in the mirror. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, Dude, any given night in the bedroom's like Joe Pesci and uh, <laughs> Super Mario going at it. Um, <laughs> Well, Levi, did you have a good time? I did. I love talking to you guys about movies. This was a blast, Ed, and I really appreciate you, uh, you know, inviting me onto the show. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Sounds like you've got a lot more crap you can bring to us too. So I'm sure this won't be the last. 
Oh man, you'll be uh, your gopher. Things I'd like. I got a list of movies I'd like to to recommend to you. That's for certain. Well, bring it on. That's that's kind of what we're here. We can even do bring it on if you want. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I apologize. I just like the cheerleader movie. What? <laughs> hey, we we we're not genre specific here. We'll we'll do whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe bring it on four or five. Ooh. <laughs> All right, well, folks, Johnny, you got anything else you want to say, man? I do not. Oh, uh, yeah, stop being nosy bitches. <laughs> yep. You nosy old bitch. <laughs> So as soon as you get through for here, man, I know what I'm going to do, and I hope you do the same, is go to that fridge, open that box of ice cream, and just go to town. Folks! Make sure you wash your hands first, because he just got done burying a body. Good point, Levi. Public service <laughs> announcement. Wash your hands! <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, I believe that's it for us. Adios! Peace! Austin. Awesome.